Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 30th, 2016, the last day of November. Where where did the time go? My name is Phil Prosperike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we have a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to recap the Orlando Magic's big 95-83 victory over the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. Yes, in San Antonio. Just the fifth time the Magic have won in San Antonio in 28 seasons of Orlando Magic basketball. So we'll have a complete recap of that game with our good pal Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs. I'm also going to talk a little bit about pace, uh, what that means, and how the Magic can effectively uh, play with pace, something I think they did very well in Tuesday's game, and then we're going to close off with a clip from the latest episode of the Dunked On Basketball Podcast, as well as my brief comments on that. But before we get going, I do want to remind you that you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Magic, as well as like the podcast on Facebook. I post uh, some articles that that we write over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com that, that, we, that I use to kind of generate discussion on the show, as well as some other good tidbits around the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all those fantastic places that you can download podcasts. We do appreciate all the downloads, all the listens, all the subscriptions, and of course, all the five-star rankings, which do help us climb the ratings and allow other people to find our podcast that much easier. And we are now joined by Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs. As uh, Jeff, a little bit of a surprising result over there at the AT&T Center uh, as uh, the Magic get a win over the San Antonio's versus 95 to 83. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I'm still speechless. What, what do you, what, 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 what did you have to say about that one? You know, Phil, as we spoke about this game yesterday, not surprised. I pretty much said it um, on the uh, game preview that you and I did. I would not be surprised at all if the Spurs were coming on the losing end because they play at home as crazy as that may sound. They are just not the same Spurs team at the AT&T Center. One more time, Phil, let's remind your Magic listeners and my Spurs listeners, this is a team that came off a season where they lost just one time at the AT&T Center last season. Four times now. And they're just playing down to the competition like you mentioned. Uh, I guess right off the bat, my first question to you is, are you really, really, really shocked? I mean, even though I tossed out a bunch of numbers at you and I kind of prepared you for the good thing that could happen and that it did happen for your magic. I, I am actually very, very shocked. And of course, if you, if you missed yesterday's episode, go back into the archives, uh, whether you're, you're a Locked On Spurs listener or a Locked On Magic listener, you can go back on iTunes, Audioboom, uh, all the fun places that you can download podcasts and uh, listen to that podcast as well as we previewed uh, tonight. Uh, Tuesday night's game, uh, but I'm actually I was actually very surprised by the way the Magic played. I, it didn't surprise me necessarily that the game was close. Uh, what was surprising to me was how much the Magic really dominated this game because 
Mm-hmm. Getting to 95 points for the Magic is kind of a big deal. It's not something they've done very often this season. And frankly, this is the first time the Magic have won by more than 10 points all season. They led by as much as 17. They had control of this game. And so I I suspected that it was very possible the Magic would get up for this game, it being the Spurs and it being uh, playing at San Antonio, a place that very few teams have had any type of success. Uh, so, you know, everyone kind of... If you're the Spurs, you always have a target on your back just by wearing that jersey. Uh, But the Magic showed up and played really, really well. This was, to my eye, the single best game the Magic had played all season. Mm -hmm. And that includes, you know, scoring 119 points against Oklahoma City. They did it on both ends. They really dominated and dictated the tempo of this game. uh, Really from, what what would you say, the the mid to late first quarter on? I would actually say, yeah, about the second quarter, you started seeing the Magic kind of find their rhythm late in that first quarter. And of course in the first quarter it looked like it was going to be a Spurs win. You know, they were they were, you know, doing Spurs things, getting it done defensively and offensively. And the magic were doing magic things where they were just really stagnant on offense and not able to score, period. But but I'll tell you that what my first clue that this was gonna end up the way I pretty much felt that it was going to end up with a Spurs loss is one stat and one stat only. After that first period, the Spurs already had coughed the ball up five times. Five times. Mm. The moment I saw that stat, I knew it was going to be a very long night for Spurs fans because in total, the Spurs just gift-wrapped this game, in my opinion, to the Magic. 19 turnovers uh, leading to, I believe, what, 19 Magic points? That sounds, sounds about right. And 12 yeah. steals for the Orlando Magic, too, which I think was... Also, really, really telling um, of how active the Magic were. Uh, they had four block shots, which is a little bit low for them, but they were doing a really good job contesting shots at the rim. Uh, I think this was really the Magic's defense, exactly how they want to see it. Uh, it was, you get past, let's say, Biombo's guarding someone on the perimeter or Baca's guarding someone on the perimeter. Biombo is right there at the rim to meet the next guy, and everyone kind of rotated and moved, and... They, they gave up, I think, the shots that they generally wanted to give up, and the Spurs just didn't hit them. Uh, and so uh, it's, it, I mean, again, this was just like the perfect storm for the Magic, really their best game of the season. They shoot 45.3% from the floor. Uh, again, it's not a lot more to say than, than that. They, they just they outplayed the Spurs in every way. Oh. I think Greg Popovich said that after the game, in fact. There's plenty to talk about oh, on the Spurs plenty. side of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I said heading into this game that my matchup of the night was going to be in the paint, and that's mm-hmm. LaMarcus and Powell versus Biombo and Ibaka. And Powell Gasol was a no-show. Yeah, he really uh, was. Two for six from the field, 0 for one from the three-point line. He finished with six points, three assists, five rebounds, and for the game, he was a minus nine when he was on the court for San Antonio. The Spurs needed him to step up, especially with a big lineup that Orlando presented, he did not. He came up very small for a big. Dwayne Dedman in his return, now go figure, of all the predictions that I made, <laughs> I said, watch, this is going to happen. And sure enough, Dwayne Dedman makes his return against his former team. In a valiant effort, he had six points uh, for the uh, for the game. He had eight rebounds. But again, you, know, you don't really expect Dwayne Dedman to do much in his first game back off injury, but I was very disappointed in the play of Pau Gasol and pretty much a lot of other Spurs. Danny Green, where was he? 0 for 3 from the three-point line. Tony Parker, I was praising him in the preview 
show. He goes 0 for 6 for the for the game, Phil. Yeah, he, and he struggled. He struggled points. a lot with Alfred Payton on him. He struggled a lot yeah. with with just dealing with the bigs that the Magic had. I mean, I think I think you got for for holding down Gasol and and really even keeping Aldridge in Lamarcus Aldridge in check. Sixteen points, six rebounds, seven for twelve shooting. It doesn't sound like they kept him in check really, but you know they kind of didn't let him take over games. Uh, that goes that credit should go to the Magic's bigs, Bismack Biombo. Serge Ibaka and even Nikola Vucevic, I thought, had his moments defensively as well. Yeah, he did. The Magic, the Magic Bigs just really locked down that paint and made it very difficult for San Antonio to get the easy shots that they that that they need to begin twisting offenses and 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 uh, or twisting defenses and moving the ball the way that they like. Yeah, and even look at the uh, play of uh, Kawhi Leonard. You know, he had again a Kawhi Leonard numbers. If you're just looking at points only, yeah. were 21. And that was and that was but, the matchup I said to look at as Aaron Gordon yeah. versus Kawhi Leonard on on at least when Aaron Gordon's on defense. Yeah, and and you know what? Uh, even though Kawhi had himself a good night, uh, he pretty much had to fight and claw for those uh, 21 points. And he was what. Six for sixteen uh, from the six, floor. Six for sixteen, yeah. And and I mean, he had to make some tough shots, and I thought Gordon did. Gordon and even Jeff Green did a really good job containing him, not letting him kind of get into a good rhythm throughout the night. Yeah, and uh, you you look at a quiet from the field, thirty seven percent shooting, and just as a whole, the Spurs didn't really. Uh, as a whole, again, I mean, a few mm-hmm. players did stand out. Mono Ginobili looked fantastic coming he off did. that bench, thirteen points. Six rebounds for Mono Ginobili in 22 minutes. But you, the Spurs cannot be relying on a 39-year-old player off that bench, game in, game out, to save them and beat teams that they should beat. And again, no offense to you or your fan base, but again, this is a loss that I think the Spurs, down the road, they're going to regret losing games like this. Well, it, it you know I, I look at games like this and it, it can either be taken as as one or two ways. It could certainly be taken the way that that you're taking it, or it could serve as the wake up call because uh, there is no offense. This is a game the San Antonio Spurs absolutely have to win. I mean that this is a game that they go into expecting yeah. to win and win handily. I mean I, I I personally don't think that the Magic are the worst team in the league or one of, or one of the worst teams in the league. But no, st- but statistically they are. I mean their net rating I think is down in the bottom five in the league and that suggests you're going to be going to the lottery and picking pretty high uh mm-hmm. that you know net rating is usually a pretty good indicator of how good your team actually is um ab- over your record and it, do- it does seem statistically at least that the magic are overperforming their record um so this was a game that the that the spurs had to win i guess the the question that that i i, I would pose to to you as a, as a spurs fan is is this Magic team just a team that matches up well against the Spurs? Because it's one of the few teams in the league that really have two bigs that are versatile enough to take advantage of, of Pau Gasol and LaMarcus Aldridge's you know, inherent weaknesses and muscle up against them and you know deal with them on the perimeter as well uh, on the other end. So, I mean, the Serge Ibaka-Bismack-Biombo combo, um, which rhymes, of course, uh, does huh. not— um, seems to be a good matchup for a team. It seems to be a really tough matchup for a team like the Spurs. Yeah, I'll, I'll go a step beyond that. Not only does Biombo and uh, Ibaka present issues for San Antonio and exposes the weaknesses of Lamarcus and Powell, but this step forward I'm referring to is the guard play. The Spurs just don't have big guards. Patty Mills is undersized. Tony Parker got beat by Alfred Payton, and 
then the closest biggest guard they have is a 20-year-old rookie, uh, DeJounte Murray, who Pop pretty much says he is just still too young to play. So you throw in the fact that the Magic have Peyton, a big guard, and that just was going to wreak havoc on San Antonio. You look at what Gordon did tonight. He finished with 11 points, but I was really impressed with his defensiveness. He looked like he was on that ball every time Kawhi touched it. And it gives us, you know, again, I just, I'm looking at the big picture. I, I see this loss as a loss. Yeah, it snapped the Spurs' 10-game uh, winning streak. It snapped the Spurs' 10-game winning streak against the Magic. But these are the kind of losses that I look back come late in the season where that second, third seed is up for grabs and they go, okay, we got to go and look at tiebreakers now who had the better Eastern Conference record, who had the better home record, and then boom, this this pops somewhere. This somehow, some way, losses to the Magic. Losses uh, that that we see tonight are, are going to bite this team in the butt. And I think that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, and the Magic have, have certainly had those losses on their end as well. So getting a win against a team like the Spurs that, you know, maybe they shouldn't, that, you know, the records say they shouldn't beat certainly helps them in their quest to make the playoffs down the road as well. And it, for, for a team that's starting a five-game road trip, it's a huge confidence builder. Now all of us, I mean, I think when the Magic lose four in a row, including three at home to very, to very beatable teams over the holiday, they go on this five-game road trip. They're playing eight games in the next 12 days. Uh, entering this road trip, it felt like the sky was ready to fall and that this team could really collapse. Now, all of a sudden, you steal this game in San Antonio. You get a little bit of a break, uh, no pun intended there, uh, with going mm-hmm. to Memphis on Thursday to play uh, the Grizzlies without Mike Conley. Uh, then you head to Philadelphia, and all of a sudden now, a five game ro- in a five-game road trip, those first three games seem like they're very manageable or relatively manageable. That Philadelphia game could end up being a schedule loss, but mm-hmm. uh, now all of a sudden you're looking at a two and one, three and zero oh start. If you play your cards right, if you keep the focus and momentum going, uh, and now you're feeling much better about yourself, not only as a fan base, I know fans are really excited about this win and trying to figure out who this magic team was that they saw. Um, but now all of a sudden you're, you're getting some positive momentum heading for this road trip. Uh, as I, I have a quick question for you. As someone who yeah. was maybe watching the Magic for the first time, what did you see in the Magic's starting lineup or in their rotations um, that seemed to to really work on the, mag- on the Magic's end that, that maybe you didn't expect? Because obviously the Magic just made a big change in their lineup and it does seem to have sparked their offense just, just a little bit. Yeah, I, I D, the DJ Augustine-Fournier combo... And look, my first thought, okay, let me rewind a little bit. My first thought was, this is a big freaking starting five. They're huge. They're, they're tall and they're big and they're, and they're very, it's like a very physical team. That's my first thought. I was like, Bismack is not going to be afraid to mix it up. Ibaka, well, Spurs fans know about Ibaka. Gordon is, is a, is freakishly athletic for his size. And you got Evan Fournier, who's coming into his own. And then of course, DJ Augustine. Now I looked at, that lineup and I'm thinking this the Magic have something here. This is a good mix of defense, a guy who knows his role, Bismack, uh, a player that is coming into his own, Fournier, and you have Gordon right there who's also let's face it, what he's been in the league, I don't know how many years he has been, but this he's always been known as a high, yeah, he's always been known as a high flyer. 
and that's pretty much it. And when I saw things out on the court for him, I was like, wow, he's kind of developing a kind of a small little back-to-the-basket game. Oh, okay, he's not just a dunker. You know, he actually can get on people on defense, and I saw that with Kawhi Leonard. He frustrated Kawhi on several plays. So the mix, this new lineup they have, I that Orlando has, I'm sorry, I it, there's something there. I think it just needs a few more games under their belt, and I think at that that this Spurs win might be a launching pad for the Magic to get a rhythm going. You're riding high. You beat one of the better teams in the NBA, let alone the West. You you you're giving life to a very young squad, Gordon Fournier, and you the Magic can capitalize on this. And I wouldn't be surprised if a big hand in this is a is a guy like Chad Forcier. Yeah, and and um, obviously, I think the Magic were have clearly been searching for some offense, and, and I do think, while you know, it certainly got off to a little bit of a rough start in this game, but I do think the Magic are, have they've really been looking for balance between their starting and bench units. I think they're beginning to find it a little bit. Obviously, uh, scoring ninety five points in back to back games doesn't sound like a big accomplishment, but for this Magic team, it's certainly a big accomplishment well, and to play the defense that they played tonight yeah. after the way they played Sunday. Uh, Again, they their defense will give them opportunities to win games because they can they can keep scores really low. Well, another thing that I was very impressed with by this young Magic team is that Orlando versus the Spurs made the Spurs pay for their mistakes. Yeah, they did. And when I yeah they did fourteen turnovers by the uh, Spurs led to seventeen Magic points. That is pretty good for Orlando. So that tells me that's a t- that's a team, the Magic that are realizing that, hey, when a team is down like the Spurs and they're not playing their A game, let's pounce on them. Let's make them pay. And at least through the, at least first through the third quarter, the Spurs already had 14 points leading to the Magic's 17. And, of course, you know, overall 19 leading to 19 Magic points. So I like that. It, it, to me, it felt like this team is taking steps into maturity. Maybe that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, it's certainly been a, a long process for the mat for the magic. Um, I think we both want to kind of keep this recap short so we can get on to other things on our respective shows. Uh, Jeff, what, uh, what do you want to see from the Spurs now heading into their game against Dallas tomorrow night? Yeah. I would like to see them stay on the road for the rest of the season. Uh, <laughs> do not go back to the AT&T center whatsoever. Burn it. Somebody just burn it and destroy it right now. But no, the, the uh, magic, I'm sorry. The, there's too many M teams right now. The Mavericks, <laughs> Uh, three and thirteen, I believe. And as much as I want to say, yeah, it's a win. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the last time the Spurs and Magic played, it came down to the fourth quarter, late fourth quarter, ninety six ninety one win for San Antonio. But hopefully, the Spurs will get back on track. They have a, a ten game road winning streak. Uh, they haven't lost this season. I'm expecting the Spurs to once again uh, pull out a road victory against the against the Mavericks. Because I think the Spurs team is going to be plenty ticked off, and I feel sorry for Dallas uh, later on tonight. Yeah, I, I I know when I'm when I'm looking at a team when I'm looking at a team going up against say uh, a team like the Spurs, I do not want them losing or playing poorly heading into that game. I want them plenty overconfident and plenty yeah. uh, plenty ready to be to be to be picked off. So uh, I, 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 I on behalf of all Magic fans. I apologize to the Dallas Mavericks uh, for <laughs> for what for what will surely be 
a thorough a thorough butt kicking on on Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, I think it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think that'll do it for you and me. You and me, Jeff. Uh, we'll we'll send it back to the rest of of our shows. I don't know if you need to close thing, close things out uh, or or anything. But uh, until next time, I don't think we see you guys until February. Yeah, until next time. Hopefully, then that good thing we play in different conferences because uh, this is the match may have the Spurs number after one game. Well, I I don't know I don't know about that because uh, you, you this this may surprise you. Tonight was just the fifth game the Magic have won in San Antonio in franchise history. <laughs> wow. That's, that's wow. 20, it's been a, 28 uh, seasons of Magic basketball. They played the Spurs at least once. I think there was one year the Magic were in the Midwest Division, so I'm sure they played them more times that one season. But just five, five times uh, in, God knows how many, in, in 28 seasons. It's f- yeah, five times in 29 games in San Antonio have the magic come out victorious first time since 2009. So a rare treat for the Spurs fans to see the magic win in San Antonio. Hey, thanks for that, Phil. And on that note, (laughs) let's go to put a wrap on this show. (laughs) Uh, Until, until next time. Good, good talk. Good talking with you as always, Jeff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Phil. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. And you can, of course, subscribe to the Locked on Spurs podcast hosted by our good pal Jeff Garcia uh, over on Locked on Spurs. You can find that on iTunes and Audioboom as well. We did a complete preview of the game on yesterday's episode, so be sure to go back and check that out. I think most of it's still pretty relevant, although uh, it, it's it felt like Tuesday's game kind of turned every narrative on its head. And I think, you know, if I had a big takeaway from the game, it's that the offense finally worked. In a, in a very real and very, very clear way. Uh, we know that the Magic's defense is going to play at a certain level. It, 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 it Sunday against the Bucks was the anomaly, not necessarily Tuesday against the Spurs. This is a good defensive Magic team. They are a top 10 defense. This is That is what we talked about all summer that the Magic needed to be was a top 10 defense. We're sitting here nearly 20 games into the season, nearly a quarter into the season, and they've settled in as that type of team. What they need to get figured out and what they need to, to really pick up is, is what they did so well on Tuesday night and what made Tuesday night, in my opinion, the best game the Magic have played all season, and that is develop some offense. Now, the Magic's offense wasn't amazing by any stretch of the imagination. It was... It was magic amazing for the way that they've played this season, but it wasn't amazing. They, they still only scored 95 points. They had 16 points in the first quarter. Uh, they had a, an offensive rating that was less than a point per possession. It's a, uh, it ended up being 99.7, according to NBA.com. And, and really, uh, I'm looking at this individually. Only four players had, a offensive, had an offensive rating greater than 100. That would be Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, Evan Fournier, DJ Augustin. So essentially the Magic's starting lineup, uh, for lack of a better uh, better phrase. 
Offense is still a bit of a struggle. The team shot about 45%. They made their three-pointers, which is a big factor to them. Scoring so high. Uh, but the Magic are still figuring out a lot of things on the offensive end. And one of the big things that they have to figure out and still have to kind of make sure that they're getting down is pace. Now, pace is kind of a loaded, it's kind of a a, a, a statistic and a measurement that has different meanings. The Orlando Magic statistically are one of the slowest teams by pace in the league. In fact, in Tuesday's game, they played at a pace of 95.86 possessions per 48 minutes. And pace is kind of an inexact measurement, but essentially it's possessions per game. The Magic played at about 96 possessions, which is relatively slow. It's actually slower than the Magic play. Uh, and as Frank Vogel and some other people will tell you, teams that are really good defensively tend to play at a slower pace because they're forcing their opponents to get deeper into the shot clock. So the pace that we're talking about here is not the pace that is possessions per game. It's not that kind of pace. It's Yes, the Magic want to get up and down the floor a little bit quicker. They want to get out and transition when they can. They want to score quickly when they can. But the Magic also have to be a little bit more measured. They don't have the offensive weapons to go up and shoot 100 shots per game. They don't have that kind of team that can just take the first good shot that's available or even get a good shot early in the shot clock. This is a team that has to work its way methodically. And a big reason why the Magic's offense has struggled so far is because they've been a little too methodical in the half court. They've tried to run plays and not attack like they need to. And that slowness, that stagnation that we've seen where the ball gets stuck on one side, and it happened in the first quarter against the Spurs where the Magic were... uh, kind of on one on one side of the floor and didn't reverse it to the other side and play was kind of stuck and the defense was able to load up against them. Uh, you got you had plays where the Magic are, are waiting, kind of pounding the ball in the dirt, waiting for a player to come free and they just don't and that second and there's no secondary action for them to 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 go to after that first option's gone. What really changed in Tuesday's game and why I think the Magic played at a much better pace and 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 it's Again, something very intangible is it felt like they were on the attack the entire game. They didn't wait for that primary action to happen. They just kind of went and they kind of played. It had a very natural flow and rhythm to it. And that's something the Magic have been trying to get and trying to play at uh, throughout the season. And something they just haven't been able to accomplish except in a few instances. The the example to me that, that I felt really... Uh, really, really played the way, showed the way the Magic are playing is let's say DJ Augustin uh, gets the ball. He goes immediately into the offense into a pick and roll. He immediately gets into the paint. He dishes it back out to the three pointer. He takes a shot if it's there. Uh, he gets it to the perimeter. They move the ball quickly. They get the defense to collapse. That's been the big thing the Magic haven't been able to do. They haven't been able to get the defenses to collapse to free up those shots. They've been kind of stuck dribbling on the perimeter trying to break their man down. The the more the Magic wait to initiate their offense, the more set the defense becomes and the more difficult it will be for the Magic to crack that defense. And that's the big thing the Magic have tried to do when they say pace. It's something that even Scott Skiles said last year, and it's, it's it's a really interesting and key point. It's not about how many possessions you get, how quickly you can go from one end of the court to the other. It's about 
how quickly you move within the half court, how how quickly you initiate the offense, how quickly you get into your sets and move and attack. It's kind of a mindset almost rather than a a, a measurement, a statistic. And if there's a criticism for the way Alfred Payton's played this year, it's that he's pounded the ball a little bit too much. Evan Fournier's been much the same way. And as the Magic increased their pace, yeah, it does mean there's going to be a few more turnovers. Evan Fournier struggled a lot with turnovers in Tuesday's game. I think he had seven assists and six turnovers. That's got to change. And certainly, uh, Evan Fournier's kind of discovered a new role where he's on the ball a lot more now that DJ Augustin's on the floor and can spread the floor a little bit with a shot. What I want, what you, what I would say to look for as the Magic continue this road trip is that they continue to play at a quickened pace. That they continue to play at a, 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 I guess, a pace of we're going to get down the floor quickly. We're going to get into our offense and we're going to attack almost immediately. We're not going to stand there and wait for a pin down, for a floppy set to develop. We're going to go. And that, if that means getting the ball into Nikola Vucevic early, if that means attacking on a pick and roll to set something else up, that's the way the Magic need to play offense. And it was very, very successful on Tuesday, or at least it, it appeared to be successful on Tuesday. There was a flow and a rhythm, and that is a big key for the Magic as well, getting a good flow and rhythm. And to do that against the Spurs on the road, I don't care how much San Antonio is struggling. That is still a very good team. That's still a very good defensive team. To do that the way they did it, in Tuesday's game is a very, very good sign that, like Frank Vogel said, things appear to be turning the corner a little bit, that they they can make one or two of these plays that they need to to win these games. Now, I want to note that this is a little bit of a trend. The Magic played three really strong quarters to close the game against the Washington Wizards. They generally played better offense, offense against the Milwaukee Bucks. And, of course, they played a really good game against the Santino Spurs. That's nearly three games of the Magic playing not great offense, but good enough offense. Because their defense is going to help them stay in games, and their defense is going to allow them to compete, even if their offense isn't elite. All the Magic need is a competent offense, one that can get them points consistently and not go long stretches of time without a basket, or to create shots that lead to long rebounds and fast breaks where the Magic are very vulnerable still. That's the that's the defense, that's a part of their defense that is going to be vulnerable. And so the Magic need to get good shots, need to get high quality shots so that they can get back and get their defense set. And that'll allow them to win games running away like they did Sunday. We're going to close today's show with a quick clip from the latest episode of the Dunked On Basketball Podcast. If you don't listen to the Dunked On Basketball Podcast, I highly suggest it. Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue do a fantastic job breaking down the NBA every single day. They do their uh, weekly uh, 15 and 30. They, they take the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference on Mondays, I believe. Um, Mondays and Tuesdays, they they hit that up. Um, they break down uh, each team in the in the league over the over the past week. Uh, and then, of course, their daily show, they'll break down the individual games as well. So I'll be, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to listen to what they have to say uh, about the about the Magic Spurs game because uh, Tuesday was a wild night in the NBA, if you didn't know. Every team with a worse record won on Tuesday night over teams with better records. So that's interesting. But before we get going anywhere, uh, let's, let's hear what uh, Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue have to say about the Orlando Magic this week. The Orlando Magic. 
Speaking of watched, not good. Yeah. Now, 6-11, and 11, they were 6-7 and seven at one point. They really were uh, not deserving of that record. They've been one of the worst teams in basketball in terms of just the way that they have played with their point differential. Are they, They're actually 7th in defense now? They, that Is was that before today's game. Yeah, okay. Well, so they're they're actually probably a little bit worse now after that loss to the Bucs. Uh, but yeah, 6-11, and 3-5 and five since we last checked in on them. 29th in offense at this point. They actually now again we had talked i think even on the last program about how frank vogel was beginning to grasp at straws change up the rotation they'd taken aaron gordon out of the starting lineup he returned there with jeff green out with a back injury the bigger news bismack biombo actually started instead of nikola vucevic and they just went with three bigs in the rotation at the four and five spots between Ibaka, Biombo, and Vucevic. Didn't really play Damian Rudez or any kind of traditional four other than Ibaka. They played Vuce and Biombo together for quite a bit of time as well. Didn't really look that good. Gordon playing the three. He was 0 for 11. And I think he took all but three of his shots outside the restricted area. And two of those were viciously sent back in his face by Giannis Adetokounmpo. Uh, Alfred Payton also was out of the starting lineup. DJ Augustin was in and then Vogel in a tactic that didn't make a ton of sense to me played Augustin only the first and third quarters and Peyton basically only the second and fourth quarters and Augustin actually played well in the first quarter too uh, I don't know why he wasn't allowed to come back in uh, CJ Watson is now in the rotation Hazonia even with green out didn't play a single minute they are just all sorts of messed up right now and uh this is what Vogel had to say after the game we're 30th in offense I want to explore some new combinations within the same nine guys being in the rotation and that does not include it Hazonia among those nine and try to get a different feel a different flow Vogel said after the game so it's uh really grasping at straws for Orlando right now another thing Vogel said after the game was that he wanted to try to get the ball in Evan Fournier's hands more often that's a good thing Evan Fournier can do that but there's nobody else (laughs) there's nobody else and their surrounding talent doesn't make sense for that to be the concept of their offense because they have so little shooting at the one and then they're playing guys at the three that don't really have that as their forte and I'm not saying oh you should start Hazonia or anything crazy like that but a stat that really knocked me back it was actually going to be a part of a podcast we did last week and then we I moved it to this week to the to the 15 and 60 is the Magic have struggled offensively in all forms but they've really struggled when Alfred Payton was on the floor only in a 98.7 offensive rating however when he has been on the bench and this was before today's game they've only scored 89.3 points per hundred possessions which is otherworldly bad and they spent a bunch of money on Augustine just after spending a bunch of money on cj watson and that that's long-term money and they don't have any real lottery tickets that can help fix that problem either no they don't another thing you noted too is they don't have any isos which actually surprised me a little bit because there's a lot of situations where they're just not really going to get any kind of an impetus offensively any kind of penetration you just have to run an iso at the end but nobody on this team can do that uh and then the whole aaron gordon at the three i mean i said he was 0 for 11 we've been criticizing that as the pick and roll ball handler you know he's going to be the next paul george Uh, as of last monday 0.32 points per possession on 25 possessions that is the worst in the league as of that time for anyone with 25 or more possessions i was watching at one point i was bouncing between a few games today and it was a great illustration of why gordon at the three is a problem is that the ball ended up in his hands with about five seconds left on the shot clock and he could actually do something if he was guarding a traditional if a traditional four was on him he can maybe dribble past that guy draw a foul get a pull-up but he had i don't even think he could do it with a traditional four on him but i I mean i see your point it would be easier i still think he can't even create one-on-one against a but if he's in not a creation role he's a a 
energy man roller you know spot up for three type of guy if he's at the four right and so he gets in that spot but instead he was driving on Giannis and just got nowhere because Giannis yeah. is handles that with guys far better than than Aaron Gordon and so it puts him in a position where yeah if you want to build his skill set it could work but if you want to build his confidence probably not yeah and Gordon the big reason I think other than trying to get him to grow his skill set offensively that they want him at the three is because he can be their defensive stopper on the wings and he looked awful in that role today he was getting roasted by Giannis he's getting roasted by Michael Beasley he just didn't have anything in the way a hustle plays at all I mean you just you feel his presence physically last year when he was playing the four and I think there's just an overall malaise uh, from this magic team that the Bucks announcers were talking about how all the Bucks players were up celebrating when good things would happen and the magic players were just kind of down and Vucevic being out of the starting lineup I don't think that that really helps much either uh, his quote was, I didn't think there was a reason for me to go to the bench, but it's a coach's decision. Uh, I obviously I wasn't happy with the decision they made, but then and then the usual platitudes about uh, giving full effort and helping the team. Obviously, a laundry list of things there. And, and of course, they're talking a lot about Sunday's game against the Milwaukee Bucks, probably the worst game to, to see of Aaron Gordon's career. Um, I think he bounced back really, really nicely on uh, Tuesday, five of nine shooting. Played some really good defense on Kawhi Leonard, so we got to see a little bit more of what Aaron Gordon is all about on Tuesday as opposed to what they saw Sunday. Uh, but uh, I think I think Nate and Danny kind of hit on a lot of the big big issues that that we've been thinking about uh, on Orlando Magic Daily, on Locked On Magic, uh, you know, throughout the Magic fan base really uh, about this team. It's it's very very clear, um, even with how they played Tuesday, that there are some fatal flaws on this team. Yes, the Magic are sixth in defensive rating. It didn't slip that much. They're sixth in defensive rating following uh, uh, Tuesday's win, 101.3 points allowed per 100 possessions. Offensively, though, they are still they are 30th now, actually. 95.6 points per 100 possessions. Uh, the worst offense in the league, and of course, their net rating now is commensurate with it, although it's risen to, to, to 27th in the league. Uh, net rating is, of course... Uh, points per 100 possessions minus uh, points allowed per 100 possessions. It's typically seen as a better metric of how a team is actually performing. Uh, you know, so you know you can't hide the schedule in in net rating. And the Magic at 7-11 seem to be overperforming their statistics. And so it does raise a lot of these big questions that that again that we've been asking over and over again. Uh, how do the Magic balance this team? to generate some offense. How do they balance this team and still develop the young players that they want to develop? Um, how, I mean, Alfred Payton, yes, the Magic have been a lot better with Alfred Payton offensively, but uh, he obviously limits what they can do offensively because of his lack of shooting, and they haven't really been that great offensively, even with Alfred Payton. They've just been significantly worse without him. I'm surprised they didn't touch on Jeff Green and some of his on-off statistics, which are not pretty at all. Um, on top of all that, you've got... How do you use Evan Fournier? How do you use the three bigs? And uh, Nikola Vucevic, I don't think he deserved to go to the bench uh, with the way that he was playing. I thought Friday against the Wizards, he played his best defensive game in a Magic uniform. Um, He's done everything that they asked him, and he struggled a little bit in that game against... Everyone struggled against Milwaukee on Sunday, uh, but he played a lot better Tuesday against the Spurs as well. Everyone, again, played much better Tuesday against the Spurs. So, you know, we're comparing perhaps one of the Magic's worst games of this recent stretch. You know, they've played worse games than that. 
um, to one of their best on Tuesday. Certainly, I think, their best game of the season Tuesday. And so, obviously, um, Nate and Danny recorded that before Tuesday's game. So, I highly encourage you to go check out what they have to say uh, about the Magic's win over the Spurs on Tuesday's episode of the Dunked On Basketball Podcast. Uh, As far as Aaron Gordon playing the three, he really is the ultimate tweener. And I, I can't... You know, I'm I'm torn between what to do with Aaron Gordon, too. Uh, we do have a post coming up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com either today or tomorrow, so either Wednesday or Thursday, um, arguing that Aaron Gordon at the three needs to end and that he needs to play power forward. I tend to believe that his, his defense is so valuable on the perimeter that you have to continue trying him at the three uh, to some extent. Maybe you need to create more sets where he's kind of essentially playing the four. Um, I've kind of been floating the idea and suggesting that the Magic go out and trying to acquire a player who plays the four defensively but plays the three offensively. Um, A guy that that popped into my head, the guy that kind of pops in my head that fits that bill perfectly is Danilo Gallinari. Uh, I don't know if the Magic can get him. I don't know if it's worth getting him, but that's kind of the player I'm thinking of that who can spread the floor on the perimeter. Like a Patrick Patterson would actually be really good at that too. But of course, you then run into the problem of, well, you spend a lot of money to get Serge Ibaka. You spend a lot of money to get Bismack Biombo. What do you do with them? Uh, those are big questions as well. And so what last week showed for the Magic, and it was a very disappointing week, an 0-4 week, three games at home, all three of them pretty winnable. Um you know, not to take anything away from those opponents, no opponent for the Magic right now is a gimme, but those are all sub-500 teams, a couple of them the Magic are competing directly against, that they need to find a way to win if they believe they're a playoff team in the future, or this season. What the what what that week really showed was that this team has some very major flaws, that, that the pieces don't quite fit together. Um, I, I think that many of the players uh, just, they don't mesh well, if that makes sense. They don't, uh, they're, 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 a lot of players are not being used to their fullest potential to make sacrifices for others. Everyone seems to be making a sacrifice, and that means no one is playing at their best. Maybe Biombo is the only guy that hasn't had to do that, uh, although he's had to play some power forward. Uh, Serge Ibaka maybe has not been able, not had to do that, but he's kind of sacrificed his corner threes um, to play the way the Magic want him to play. Although I think the Magic have begun using him a lot better, uh, less post ups for him, more more spot up shots, more pick and pops, more pick and rolls for him. I think that's a better way to use Ibaka, and and the Magic are slowly figuring figuring things out. I think Vogel is searching, and it's it looks desperate from the outside, and it, it certainly is, ha, has a tinge of desperation, uh, but he's searching for a combination that works, because everything that he's tried hasn't worked. I know a lot of people want to see Mario Hazonia play, but if you look at his statistics, what has he done to deserve to play? Uh, and so this Magic roster is still very, very weird, uh, very, very hard to piece together. I, I, I think once the trade market opens up on December 15th, We'll see the Magic get very active. Uh, there's already plenty of people trying to connect the Magic to certain players that they think are going to be available in the trade market, uh, but we'll we'll see how that shakes out. And that seems like a good place to stop because it's a prelude to what I'm probably going to be talking about on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, which is a little bit of a asset evaluation, long-term uh, 
thought process episode as well as uh, some early looks at who might become available on the trade market this year. So with that, I'm going to close today's show. Went a little bit longer than we expected. A couple of special guests, so be sure to follow Locked On Spurs. You can uh, subscribe to them on iTunes and Audio Boom, and also be sure to subscribe to the Dunked On Basketball Podcast, one of my favorite basketball podcasts, uh, uh, at least national basketball podcasts uh, on iTunes as well. And of course, you can subscribe to Locked On Magic on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like it on Facebook. Just search for Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We will see you all tomorrow. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.